Welcome, church family. Welcome, church family. Uh, Good Friday service. Uh, We are coming to you from the Rose Center again, a different location. You can see the background is a little bit different. And we just want to mix it up a little bit for this Good Friday service. And I'll tell you, uh, as we're waiting for people to come on, two things. One, we want to make sure that uh, you guys have communion elements. So I would just suggest that you go grab some real quick if you weren't prepared or didn't have it. Uh, we're not doing any worship necessarily, other than we're worshiping him with our lives, with communion, with the word, with everything, and with prayer. We're going to worship him this morning. And I really just, this morning as I was spending time with him, I was so thankful for the slowing down of this week or these past couple weeks to just really sit there and reflect and remember the cross. And I think we've said this before, as charismatic, uh, highly energetic, jumping up and down, worshiping Christians, which is great. And we can't wait to do that on Sunday. (laughs) I think we sometimes blow by or blow past too quickly Good Friday. Many people are still working, and some of you might be working and watching this later. But I think we just rush past, and there is no Easter Sunday. There's no Resurrection Sunday without Good Friday. And I just encourage you, I encourage you, if you haven't done so already, we've been posting the Stations of the Cross uh, all week. We started, I believe, Monday night, I think it was. And so there's been a station of the cross. All eight stations have been posted over the past week. And this morning was station number eight, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And we're just going to park there today just for a little bit because this is what happened today. And we want to recognize that and remember that today. We're just going to open up in a word of prayer. I encourage you, just close your eyes. Close your eyes and join with us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you on this day. And we bow our knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, on this day, we remember. We remember the love that you poured out upon us in the sacrifice of your Son, in the suffering of your Son, the Holy One, the Blameless One, who knew not sin, and yet was despised. He was beaten. He was broken, and his blood was poured out. Your Son, securely seated in heaven, at the creation of the earth. Yet you sent him and he came. He came to be bruised. He came to suffer and to die. Father, we bow our knee at your throne. We bow our knee before Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, 
Those words will never be enough. They will never be enough. There is nothing we can do to repay. There's nothing we can do. And so, Father, we stretch out our arms before your throne and we just receive all. We receive all because that's all we can do. That's all we can do is receive. We receive all. We receive the love of the Father. The love of the Father. We receive it this day by the blood of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We cry out, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read to you this morning out of Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in verse 25, actually starting in verse 24. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. There's a gathering church. There's a gathering that's happening. There's a gathering that's happening and it's not in our buildings. The Lord is gathering unto himself his true people, his people who will be called by his name. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Do you feel it, church? Do you feel the falling away of everything we've lifted up above him? Everything we deemed important is being stripped away. Everything is being stripped away. And we sit in the silence of our own spaces and we look around our own homes and we see what we've magnified. We see what we've glorified. And now is the time, church, to tear it down. Tear it down. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. We're going to do them. We're not just going to pray about them. We're not going to just talk about them anymore. We're going to do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees and the increase of your fields so that you need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Church, there's going to be such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There is coming in these days an outpouring of power. Will you be ready to steward it? Will we be ready to steward that power and to pour it out and to see many come to him? This is a time of preparation. This is a pause moment that he has given, that he has given his church. Let us take it fully and reflect upon the Lord Jesus from the cross. When you look upon the cross, when you look upon the stations of the cross, if your heart does not break with repentance, if your heart does not break with love for him, for your savior, then I ask now, Father, that you would, that you would bring a revelation of your great love, of this sacrifice. Father, break our hearts. 
to see the sacrifice and to feel the love of the Father and of the Savior poured out upon his people. My prayer today is out of Ephesians, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, church, it's by faith. If you're waiting to feel loved, I encourage you today, it is by faith. It is by faith the feelings will come. I promise you, if you believe by faith, if you take hold of it by faith, and if you reject every lie and every thought that comes against the love of the Father, reject it wholly. Whether you feel it or not, reject it wholly. I promise you the Spirit of God will fall upon you and you will feel His presence. And then the blood of Jesus poured out in love will wash over you in a new way, in a way you've never felt before. Thank you, Jesus. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He died that we could know this love, that we could walk in this love. He died that we would know the fullness, the fullness, all the fullness of God. And my prayer this morning, my prayer this whole week, was that greater revelation, sight, let us see Jesus. Let nothing hinder. And church, it's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. And we receive it this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And amen. And I just want to read the reflection from Station 8 uh, as we close this, this time you. here. And again, if you're just joining us, we just encourage you to go back on Instagram or on Facebook and walk through the Stations of the Cross. And everything, all those stations are what happened today on Good Friday, starting at 6 in the morning. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, as it progressed. Uh, but this reflection today for Station 8, that Jesus died on the cross. And it's all about the power of the cross. It says, Merciful Lord, thank you for being the righteous one. Thank you for your perfect life and your sacrificial death. Thank you for taking my sin upon yourself and giving me your righteousness in return. Like the centurion, I look upon your cross today with wonder. But I'm not only struck by your complete innocence, I'm astounded by your willingness to suffer and die for me. The righteous one for the unrighteous. All praise be to you, glorious, gracious, giving Lord. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. By your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. Hallelujah. 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 Amen and amen. All right, I'm going to move into uh, I'm going to move into a just a short teaching, uh, just a biblical teaching about what happened on this Good Friday. And again, if you go and look at the Stations of the Cross and read through those, there are scripture verses that correspond with that. And it kind of walks you through the day. It jumps around in the different Gospels, which is really cool. Uh, but it walks you through this Good Friday and this day and kind of what has transpired and what happens uh, on this Good Friday. And I would suggest a couple of things. Yeah. 
A couple things uh, I've been thinking about is one, as you start reading it and as you start studying it, you realize that the trial, the stuff that was happening was kind of early in the morning. It was like 6 a.m., uh, between 6 and 8 a.m., and they actually put him on the cross at around 9 a.m., if you look at the time frame, if you look at that. And then around noon is when the darkness really started to move in. And then at 3 p.m., Jesus actually died uh, on the cross. And so I know Jerusalem time, we are seven hours behind, so it's actually, I think, past 3 p.m. now, Jerusalem time. But I would suggest that we just take this moment today in our own time, in Eastern Standard Time or wherever you're watching, I just encourage you, set a, set a timer on your phone for noon and just, just think about and think about the darkness that was coming in as Jesus was living his last final hours before he died on this cross. And then I would set a timer for 3 p.m. I don't know what your timer goes off at. You know, maybe you check the music that plays when your timer goes off on your phone. I know I need, would need to adjust mine because my kids have a funny one on for me. But I want us all at 3 p.m., if you can, if you've got time, at 3 p.m. to remember yeah. his death on the cross today and just reflect upon that. I know it's 10 in the morning, so it's a couple hours from now. I would just highly encourage you to set your timer uh, to do that. I just think it's powerful. If you're home, gather your, gather your kids, gather your family. I mean, imagine the impact. Imagine yeah. the, bringing that reality to your children. Yeah. I encourage you to do that. So kids, if you're watching my kids, I know you're watching. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and set the timers on your phones now, the ones who have phones, uh, so that we all gather together and do that. I know some of the little ones might be napping, and that's okay. We're not going to go wake them up for it. But I just want, you, want encourage you to do that. So as I was studying and as I was reading, what, what was very interesting to me, if you look at the scriptures, from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, and you begin to count. So I love math. I love statistics. And so I started counting the number of chapters that are written in each of the Gospels for this, this week alone. This week alone. In Matthew, seven chapters in Matthew on this one week. In Luke, or in Mark, five chapters. In Luke, five chapters. And in John, eight chapters. Think about that. It is 28% of the Gospel. 28% of the four Gospels was written in this week. All about this week. And so I just love that the writers, of the, I mean, they could have written, there's three years of ministry, right? 30-some right? years of life. Miracles. Like miracle after miracle after miracle. Like, it, And I, I did the percentage. Is if it was just of his ministry, just his three years, it would be less than 1%. What was written about from a time perspective, one week was less than 1% of his entire ministry time. That's just the three years. Less than 1%. But we get more than a quarter of the gospel message, 28%. And you begin to look at the things that he talks about, things that Jesus was teaching his disciples. Because I, I think most of you know or have heard when somebody is towards the end of their life, they start pouring out the most important, the important stuff, stuff. The important stuff yeah. that you absolutely need to know and understand these things. And if you look at the topics, he talks about end times. He talks about the church. He talks about loving others. He talks about his coming resurrection. He talks about uh, he talks about the Holy Spirit. I mean, he talks about government. I mean, these are the things that he talked about. And what? Look at the time that we're in. 
Do you think we not are talking about the end times, the church, yeah. loving others, the resurrection, government, and the Holy Spirit? Right. It is the message. It is what we've been talking about. It's what the global church has been talking about. And it just was so exciting to me that not only that, we're also in Passover at the same time. And just the, um, the miracle of Passover and how that worked. Uh, if you don't get the, our daily devotional, uh, and I would suggest grab the app. And if you want to go back and read April 8th. It talks about the importance of the cross. And I'm not going to read it, but April 8th devotional on, our, on the Word for You Today is just an amazing representation. The rest of them are good, too. But April 8th specifically, it's the Wednesday uh, this week, was just so powerful. So powerful. And so the one thing I felt like the Lord told me to do was to go and reflect and read the last words of Jesus. So we talked about all these words, all these important words that he said during this last week was 28% of the Gospels, of everything written about him by those four Gospel writers, it was 28%. So here are the last words, as you can see them, in the four Gospels. So in Matthew, and it's in, verse, in chapter 27, verse 45, and in Mark 15, verse 34, it says the same thing. Well, some of his last words, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it says it in both of those Gospels. And I looked up the word forsaken, and it's abandoned or deserted. To leave behind in some place. And you can imagine Jesus on the cross. Everything that he has went through. Even just on this Good Friday alone. On the cross. Hanging there. What he went through leading up to the cross. The beating that he took earlier in the day. And I started researching what that in. Man, if you have a weak stomach. Oh my goodness. Like I know the Passion of the Christ does a pretty good job. Uh kind of showing this, but I just, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched that in a while. And I just started researching what these lashes were all about. What was used for those 39 stripes that were given to him. And I started, why 39? And because in the Old Testament, you look that they always thought that 40 or more of those lashes would kill, would kill somebody. Yeah. And so they're like, well, this is not how we want him to die. And actually, Prophetically, we knew he had to die on a cross, on a tree, right? And so 39, this 40 minus 1, this beating that he took, and then the crown of thorns that they put on his head, the mocking him, saying, ah, look at this crown, look at this crown. And the representation of that crown of thorns is just so amazing because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And that crown put on his head and twisted so that those thorns would pierce him, brought blood down. It actually shed the blood that began to save us. The very crown they put on to mock him was the very crown that shed the blood for you and for me. And so then he has to pick up this cross. He picks up this cross and I said, I'm sorry, well, how heavy was this cross? Why did he need help? And they, they say they estimate that it was over 300 pounds. Over 300 pounds. So imagine taking 39. So first of all, look, church, I love you all. Very, very, very low pain tolerance. Yeah. Very, very high pain tolerance. Me, low, my little man at home, Jairus, I love you, brother, but I think you inherited pain tolerance from me. And uh, I just have a very low pain tolerance. And it's I true. thank the Lord that, you know, true. Liz is the one absolutely carry the babies, the women, love you guys, because if men, uh, we won't even go there. But what I'm saying is here is that as Jesus took all of this pain, all of this beating, then had to pick up and take this cross. Imagine putting something 300 pounds on your back and trying to carry that after taking this. And for a minute, 
can can mm. we just dispel this idea? Well, yeah, but he was Jesus. He had some kind of supernatural mm. ability. Mm. No, mm. no. Mm. He took this as a man. That's right. He he took all of this as a man. Mm. And so I think about the mocking. That's what gets me. The his um his emotional and mental taking that on and holding fast to the word of his father. Holding fast. God, this is Father, this is your will. I am in your will. This is of you. Mm. And what was he hearing? I mean, what was he hearing? You're a failure. Mm. You're a lie. Mm. You're a lie. Mm. And that was the lie. He held fast Mm. to that faith that what he was Mm. doing Mm. was of God, that he was the Messiah. You don't think he doubted that in those moments? He doubted his mission. Mm. He doubted he doubted everything. Right. He doubted everything in those mm. moments, and he that he, and yet he held fast. He That's right. And I think about that mm. mocking mm. on top of the physical, yeah. excruciating mm. pain that he was going through. He did it as a man. That's right. He did That's it right. as a man. So don't for one second say, mm. "Yeah, well, that was Jesus. He had like supernatural ability. Mm. He had the Holy Spirit That's right. upon him, <clears throat> like That's you right. and like me. Right. He had the promised Holy Spirit." Amen. And this, it's okay. It's good. And so this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. I mean, he asked the question, why? It leads right okay, into that. I have a question. He says, why? Can you know I ask I mean? you a question? Yeah, go ahead. In that moment, mm. and I just thought this this morning. This is the first yeah. time I've ever thought that. In that moment, is that the one moment of doubt? Mm. Is that the one moment of lost? Mm. Is that where he feels mm. in that one moment what it feels like? To not yeah. be saved. To, to not be saved. To separate, so yeah. you and me, mm. you know, pre-third grade when I was lost. Okay. No, I was right. lost before my parents were saved. Mm. My home, there was a there was a spirit of despair, mm. and you could feel it. I could feel it as yeah. a child. My brother, you could feel it. Is that the only moment? Because he he yeah. experienced everything we experienced, right? right? He right. was tempted in all things. In the garden, you say, "Take this from me." So you what know, if, moment? If, you can, if it's your will, I'll keep doing. What it. moment did Jesus yeah. experience lost? Mm. What the, the, the people at Wegmans, the people, the people that are walking around in right. fear right. in this time, lost, mm. separated from God. Right. This is the moment. one it's, moment. It's this moment that, that he God experienced. turns his face away, right? That yeah. God turns his face away. And he senses that and mm-hmm. feels that. But I just and got everything. that. Everything. Yeah, everything that's that on morning. there is just like, bam, That's what that moment Right was. now. Why have you forsaken me? Wham, right And it was there. like the one thing he couldn't take. Right. He carried the cross. Right. He took the mocking. He took the crown. Mm. Blood flowed. Mm. I mean, when you watch some of these movies, my kids haven't watched The Passion because they just haven't. Yeah. But, I mean, it is realistic <clears throat> because there was blood. Blood was flowing. He took all of this on. But the moment he couldn't take anymore, the moment he cried out, he stood... He stood silent in front of Pilate. Wow. He stood silent in front of his mockers. He was silent this whole time, but the one moment mm. he could stay silent no longer. We think it's because it's about ready to die. I keep turning. I'm preaching to Andy right, <laughs> and Sydney. The, the one moment we think he can't take it anymore is because he's about to die. Mm. Wrong. Right. It's not because he's about to die. Mm. He's not afraid of death. That's right. It was because in that moment he felt total separation <clears throat> right. from his father. And he couldn't bear it. And mm. so he had to cry out. Right. He had to cry out right. because of his, the lost. Mm. And yet we have people walking around mm. lost. That's right. And they don't they don't feel the magnitude of their of their mm. of the darkness and the death and the lost that they're walking around with. Right. That is that is remarkable. It is. This this forsaken, I wrote down almost exactly what you said. <clears throat> it's not death 
that, that he feared. It's not death right. that we even we fear. Right. It's the separation from God. And I think we have this, people have fear of death. What I think they don't realize is it's the fear of this unknown. It's fear of this, this when I die, what happens? Where do I go? What's going to happen? And it's a separation from God. They don't realize that, really, that fear of death right. actually <clears throat> separates you them. from right. God. Right. That, that fear of right. death is, right. a, is a lack of, it's a lack of revelation on eternal life. That's right. It's a lack. So if, if, if you are, I mean, I didn't know it was going to go this way, but if you are listening or if you are watching this and you have a legitimate, like end time scares you and I don't want to die and I'm afraid of dying. There's no condemnation, right. but go before the Lord Amen. and say, Father, give me a revelation of eternal life That's right. because there is no death That's for right. those who are in Christ Jesus. And the reality I teach my kids is guys, death is not to be feared it's not to be for you close your eyes one place and you open the your next breath is in right. the presence of the father right. you don't lose a single breath right. you don't lose a single breath of life <clears throat> so then in, uh, if you move forward to Luke's gospel he says some of his final words and so if you if you start piecing it all together he probably said those other words first and then then there's a crying out or yelling out father into your hands i commit my spirit Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus commits himself to his Father. Yeah. Why have you forsaken me? I'm committing it to you, all to you. His broken body, done, finished. His body paying the ultimate price. Yeah. And the Bible always says well, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for someone else. And so you look at that in Luke. And then in John, I want to end in John 19, verse 30. His final words are, it is finished. It is finished. And it's such a representation of not that, okay, that's it, I'm dying, this is over, but it's just the beginning. Yeah. It is What is finished, it's like a, uh, what is the graduation um, ceremony, a commencement. It's like this finishing is the end of one thing, but the beginning of something okay. different, Holy of Spirit. something new. Holy yeah. Spirit just reminded me, Liz, what are the words that you say? Mm. I have given birth to eight <clears throat> children, so um, moms out there, listen to this. I think every single time that that baby is born. Mm. I mean, labors are long and they are hard, right? They're nothing compared to this, right? Mm. But I'm like, it's done, it's done, it's done. Mm. Usually three times, <laughs> it's done. And I'm telling myself, I'm reassuring myself, <laughs> right. you did it, it's finished. you did it, it's done, it's, finished. it's done. But what's, it's not done. That's right. It's the very Just beginning, beginning of, life, right? of an right. eternal right. life, right. Right? right? Of an eternal right. being. This makes me want to have more babies. Ah. It's like the most <laughs> wonderful thing because you create, <laughs> you create this, this spirit that will be in eternity. Right. Phenomenal. But the Holy Spirit reminded me that. That's good. It's good. It is it's what is finished. The sacrifice was finished. Yeah. The pain was finished. Right. This 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 birthing the was journey. finished. The yep. journey was finished. Jesus did all he came to go do. And now as he gave his give gave his father his spirit, said, Now it's up to you. Yeah. Now right. you do the resurrection. Right. Now you like I, I as a as a human, as a man, as yeah. Jesus, this is it. I'm done. It's finished. I cannot do anything anymore. God, it's in your hands. Can I say I'm smiling? God, it's in your hands. Because I do the same thing with the kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, I, right there, I'm just like, we pray a prayer of dedication, and it mm. is heartfelt, Lord. Mm. I commit them unto you. They're yours. That's right. Seriously. Right. <laughs> so awesome. it is finished. I love those words. Thank you, Jesus. It is finished. Worship you, Lord. It is finished. He was sinless, yet died a sinner's death. He was perfect, yet beaten and punished. He was loved, yet he was hated. Yeah. And then in Matthew 27, as we wrap this up, verse 51, it says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. 
and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. There's so much significance here in the veil, in, this te- in the temple being torn from the top to the bottom. And if you know a bit about the temple and how it was created, and the inner court, the inner temple, the Holy of Holies, is where could, only the high priest could go in, only he could go in and, and, rep- and, and pay this price for these sins with this sacrifice uh, for the blood. But what happened on that cross, the it is finished, it is done, it tore that veil. It tore, it's like four inches thick, whatever it was. It just ripped that thing right in half. And what it did is, is it loosed God from being here to being everywhere. To just saying, you know what? This is the God of gods, the King of kings. He is now, he just is released. And the church is no longer in the temple. The church is no longer in a place in somewhere specific. But the church now is in us. The church is now in us. We don't have to go specifically to a temple to pay penance for sins or to do anything else like that. It is because of Jesus' price that he paid. Him tearing that, Jesus, that, God representing that tearing has released, released us from that bondage of sin, giving us access to God. Direct access to God the Father is what Jesus did. And it's represented in that tearing of the veil. And then in verse 54, so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus, when they saw that earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly. And their comment was this. And I think if you get a hold of this, if you understand this, if you could just reflect on this today, on Good Friday, leading up to an amazing time of celebration on Sunday, what the centurion said was this, truly this was the Son of God. And you can't, I mean you can, but I don't know how it's possible, to look at these events, to look at, the, these are written by eyewitnesses, passed down through generations. We, this is real, this happened. This is real. This happened. The Case for Christ. Mm. Watch that movie. It's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. And it's, it's a good movie to watch with your kids. It's a good movie. I recommend mm. it. Truly, this was the Son of God. Mm. So if you have your communion elements. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to take communion together. Thank you, Jesus. Just going to take one more moment here before we wrap up to reflect On this day, what this Good Friday means, this body broken, this blood shed. And if you've been following these stations, this is really a time to repent and say, Lord, I am sorry. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for putting so much hope in the things of this world and not in you. Forgive me for the sins that I've committed. I turn back to you. I turn back to you. I want to encourage you, church. I don't think the Bible, does the Bible talk about a greatest sin? Mm. I want to propose that the greatest sin is unbelief. Mm. It displeased Jesus over and over. It's the only thing that hindered, Mm. it's the only thing that hindered his work. Mm. So if you've been crying out, if you've been crying out, and if you've been, if you've been wrestling, 
You've been struggling. You've been journeying earnestly seeking God, waiting for breakthrough. I encourage you, what veils have you put up? The veil of unbelief will keep you. It will keep you from experience, experiencing the fullness of all that he paid for us to have. We have got to believe. We have got to believe the word above all things. I encourage you to get with the Lord during this time and ask him to show you unbelief and doubt. We've got to cast it aside. We've got to get rid of it. He'll show it to you and then he'll tear it down. You'll tear it down and then you will rejoice. There will be an outpouring. I'm, I decree, I declare, there will be an outpouring of his love and of his spirit and of those of healing, of those things which you have earnestly sought. There will be an outpouring of it like we've never seen. So if you've got your communion elements, I just grab the bread or whatever you're using to represent the bread. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for this amazing day where you gave your life. Can we just take a moment to remember and to thank you and to repent says, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Well, guys, we, we're glad that you joined us. I know it's a different time, a different Good Friday than probably any of our previous years. This is the best Good Friday I've ever had in my whole life. 
And really, yeah, this whole week. It's the this best whole, one I've ever week. observed in my whole life. Thank you, Jesus. And again, I would just encourage you, set your alarm for 12. Which represents when the darkness begin to move in, leading up to Jesus' death at 3 p.m. And set your, your clock on your phone for 3 p.m. And just take a moment. Take a few minutes, a few seconds. And It'll probably be a few minutes. And just really remember what he did. And we'll come back together on Sunday. I know it'll be via Facebook. We'll come back together and we will celebrate. But today, I just want us to be focused on what he did on that cross. I encourage you, on Sunday, we will be celebrating. Mm. Um, Sydney's going to post, if she hasn't already, the songs we'll be singing. I encourage you, get the lyrics listen to them on Spotify because there's going to be a spirit of celebration. There's going to be a spirit of celebration. And when this camera is turned toward uh, Sydney and Andy, I may be out of my seat. I can almost guarantee that I will be out of my seat and I will be dancing because I will be celebrating. And I encourage you, make preparations for the for celebration. That's right. And, you Move know, the coffee table out of the way. The, new, the, 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 uh, the apostles, they didn't have that benefit. Mm. They, spent, they spent Friday night crushed. They spent Saturday mm. in mourning, mm. fighting fear. Mm. And so what, what a privileged generation of believers we are. That I'm, I can stand here on Good Friday and I can tell you prepare for the celebration because he's risen. So we want you to reflect and remember the death his death and what is purchased for us. But I also want you to prepare your home, prepare your family, move the coffee table out of the way, get familiar with these songs and prepare to celebrate the risen King. Amen. Amen. Let's just close in uh, just a short prayer. Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time that we are in. We know you work and turn all things together for good. So those who are on or watching who are hurt, who need healing, who have financial challenges, we just speak to those issues now in the name of Jesus. The price was paid for your healing. The way was made for the provision that you need. Father, we lift all those requests up to you. Those who are mourning and grieving lost loved ones, friends who have passed even this week. Father, we just speak the peace that passes all understanding to guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. So Father, we thank you. We love you. And we look forward to some more reflection today in preparation for the celebration on Sunday. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Well, it was great having you. Glad you guys could join in. If you're watching this later, you know, I'm, you know, hopefully it won't be past 3 o'clock, but if it is, that's okay. Even if you're watching it then, just take that moment right then to remember uh, what Jesus has done for us, for each of us, for you and for me on the cross this day. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Love you all. Bye-bye.